Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Loki podcast, a podcast in which I talk about Loki. I'm Annie, your somewhat absent host, but in my defense I have been kind of bogged down with the whole final exam thing, and I'm not done with the exams, in fact I have one tomorrow. But as I'm sure you all already know, today is the day that the first episode of the Loki TV show dropped on Disney+, Plus, which first of all, holy shit, can't really believe that's a real thing. And also, it's not like I could just not give my opinions on it. What am I here to do but to give my Loki opinions? So, today this podcast is making a reappearance and I'm going to be discussing and analysing the very first episode of the Loki TV show. So first of all, I want to make a quick note of something, partially for my own sanity, and also to justify in advance what I'm pretty sure I'm going to call this episode. As I've mentioned before, I am somewhat active in online Loki fandom, which means I've had to put up with everyone referring to Loki as their little meow meow for, like, the last few weeks, maybe longer. It's been a trying time. And then Mobius just rocks up in the very first episode of the Loki TV show and refers to him as a pussycat? Honestly, I knew this TV show would put me through a lot, but I did not see that one coming. But I can't have been that upset because I did watch the rest of the episode, obviously. And part of me does just want to sit here and run through all the greatest moments from this episode. There's a lot that I really enjoyed, I really loved. And overall, it really exceeded my expectations. I loved the whole DP Cooper thing and the bet with Thor, I thought that was a lot of fun. And I'm also a big fan of the way that his hair was just a little bit messy towards the end of the episode. I mean, that whole prison jumpsuit thing is still so goddamn ugly, but he was actually kind of looking okay despite that. But as anyone who's listened to pretty much any other episode of this podcast would know, I'm all about watching Loki suffer. And yeah, so far in this TV show, he's done a whole lot of the suffering thing. So I want to go deep into what's going on with his character this episode, what kind of development does he go through, and what exactly is it that makes it just so angsty. So let's start with this. What kind of Loki exactly are we dealing with at the beginning of this episode? This is very clearly a 2012 model of Loki, which of course we knew. We knew that this TV show follows on from the events of Endgame, which do happen in 2012. But there's a kind of continuity to his character, which I think would have been very easy not to do, if that makes sense. There's been a lot of development in Loki's character since 2012, but this is a Loki that has very clearly not lived that life. When we first meet him, he immediately jumps onto a rock in order to declare his identity and glorious purpose, and throughout this episode he continues to insist on the whole god thing. He also threatens pretty much everyone that he comes into contact with, and he's just generally a pretty unpleasant and hostile person. And there's also a parallel to Loki and his response to the situation, that is, the other random posh boy who's also been apprehended by the TVA. There are verbal parallels between the two characters, and they also kinda look the same. Of course, our random posh boy's response is much more obviously absurd, to use Loki's own terminology. He loudly proclaims that his father is some big name at Goldman Sachs, which I believe is a bank? And of course, it's completely ridiculous the idea that 
that kind of money and influence would do anything in your favor when you stand accused of time crimes. And Loki himself clearly notices the parallel. That is, when he watches the other guy get obliterated from existence, he realizes he's going to have to be a little bit more careful than he has been. And so this is a Loki fresh from trying to take over a planet, very invested in the idea of himself as a god, and just generally very violent and belligerent. So where do we go from here? Well, I want to talk a little bit about setting and all of the things that are going on around Loki. And I think it's really interesting that the TVA has this whole kind of retro-futuristic aesthetic going on. We see flying cars and big clunky machines in these old-timey TVs, as well as a kind of general 60s interior design vibe. I actually am not entirely sure that last bit is true. I don't really know anything about interior design, and I did kind of mean to ask someone who did before making this episode, but whatever. For me, the most interesting bit of all of this is the little Miss Minutes video we get explaining the sacred timeline and the existence of the TVA. And here it's relevant that the art style of this little bit of animation seems to be quite similar to that of the Jetsons, which is a 60s cartoon sitcom thing about a family who lives in space, essentially. The Jetsons is exactly the kind of media that retrofuturism takes its visual cues from. It's quintessential 60s futurism, essentially. And it's not just the aesthetic that's important here. I would argue that the overarching tone of the Jetsons is one of optimism. It's just a family living in a very futuristic home, and they're having a great time doing it. Space colonialism is really working out for them. And the Miss Minutes video is definitely trying to recreate that optimism, though, of course, to a very different effect. And that's the thing with retrofuturism. It can create a tone of nostalgia, but at the same time, we're viewing that optimism from the perspective of hindsight. As such, it often just comes off as pessimistic. That's exactly what's going on in Loki episode one. Miss Minute's hyper-friendly southern accent is just jarring when the next thing you see is a man being obliterated from existence. Overall, the atmosphere in the TVA is just overwhelmingly disorientating. But why? I think that kind of pessimism leads nicely into the general nihilistic atmosphere of the TVA. To clarify a little bit what I mean, I do know that pessimism and nihilism aren't identical. And when I say nihilism, I mean the essential belief that everything, especially values and morals, are meaningless. Secondly, I'm not saying the TVA itself is nihilistic. In fact, nihilism isn't a philosophy that particularly lends itself to religion or ideas such as the sacred timeline. What I'm saying is that the TVA is a place where things just lose their meaning. Loki's own meaning breaks down in the series of this episode, as I'll talk about in a second. But also, the whole process of the TVA is just so meaningless. Loki doesn't even read that huge stack of paper that he signs, and a man is literally killed for not having a ticket in the queue, despite no one else being in the queue. I think technically this is what Kafkaesque means, but there have been way too many big words this episode so far, and I'm just not nearly smart enough for that. So moving on. The judgment Loki faces is also largely arbitrary. It's not that he's engaged in some time-traveling shenanigans, as the Avengers also did that. It's just that he did so in a way that wasn't meant to be. But what exactly does that mean? 
While the timekeepers probably do have some reason for making that call, we're not told what those reasons are, and so the decision just seems kind of absurd. And of course, the appearance of a whole drawer of infinity stones that are just used as paperweights completely denies those objects any kind of meaning. And that's kind of a big deal, given they're pretty much the most powerful thing to exist in the Marvel Universe. And so Loki finds himself in a place that isn't just strange and confusing, but also just kind of devoid of meaning. So let's turn back to Loki now. As he enters the TVA and goes through this kind of descent into hell, he himself is deconstructed. He's first stripped of his Asgardian armor, and then he's presented with everything he's ever said, but in a very abstracted form, in just a stack of papers. When he finally makes it to the bottom, he's presented with the question, are you a robot? And he is very hesitant to even answer that. Clearly something's going on with his whole identity here. And then Mobius himself continues this process of deconstructing our beloved, vengeful god Loki. He directly asks Loki what he would do if set free. And Loki says, well, I guess I would probably just go and invade Midgard again. Which, you know, is kind of fair enough. Loki hasn't had the time to really reconsider that position yet. But Mobius is going to make Loki reconsider. He questions Loki until Loki admits that it's not that he wants to do it, it's that he was born to do it. First of all, how has he even come to believe that? But whether it's a kind of godly entitlement or an after-effect of Odin forcing Thor and Loki to compete for the throne, the point I want to make here is that it's clearly a sacred belief for Loki, that is, he holds it strongly and has never really questioned it, it would seem. But, spoiler alert, he will question it by the end of the episode. Mobius continues to question him, and even exaggerates his own ambitions to the point where they themselves appear absurd. He suggests that Loki might want to become king of space. And of course that's ridiculous, but it does kind of demonstrate that there is no end to what Loki wants. As Loki himself later observes, satisfaction is not in his nature. And so, within the generally arbitrary rhythms of the TVA, as well as with Mobius pushing him in the right direction, Loki is forced to question what he had held as unassailable truth. And the cherry on top of all this nihilism is, of course, Loki watching his own death. Nothing will convince you that your own actions are meaningless, like watching yourself die as a result of those actions. And I do have to say that Tom's acting here really does just sell it. He visibly experiences pretty much the entire range of human emotion while watching his family variously live and die, only to slip into anger, horror, and fear as he watches himself die on the screen. And then he fades into laughter, which is a pretty good visual cue that Loki has kind of reached the point of complete breakdown at this point. But he's also been thoroughly deconstructed, and now he's actually questioned the belief that he has to go and be a king. Suddenly, his glorious purpose just doesn't seem quite so glorious. As a side note, I really like the way that this line from the Avengers is taken and given a lot of deeper meaning. Loki clearly uses this line to assert the meaningfulness of his own existence, which, of course, he doesn't quite believe in by the end of the episode. It's also very interesting and kind of funny that a lot of what Loki says more reflects what's going on with him 
than anything that's going on around him. I kind of love the idea that Loki is just going around giving these great dramatic speeches, and then everyone in the audience is just like, um, I think that might be a you problem. But in the same vein, Loki does realize that his comments about the TVA and violence and weakness are much more applicable to himself than anyone else around him. At this point, Loki really has hit a rock bottom. He's done some self-reflecting and his entire identity, everything he thought he knew about himself, has just come tumbling down around him. So the only question really left is, what's next? What can we expect from next week's episode? Aside from the fact that we now know that Loki will be facing up against a different version of himself, I think there's going to be a lot more exploration of our Loki. We've seen Loki deconstructed. Now we want to see him reconstructed and discover some new meaning, presumably in some capacity via working for the TVA. But I also want to say a quick word on Mobius, who I actually haven't talked about much this episode at all. In this episode alone, he kind of plays the role of Loki's therapist. He forces him to confront all of his issues and do some actual real self-reflection, with the result of a big breakthrough by the end. But we also have to remember that before this, he's been hunting down, or trying to hunt down, a different Loki variant. It seems very likely that he's only trying to get inside this Loki's head so that he can get inside the other Loki's head. And listen, I'm really not saying that Mobius is going to be the overarching villain of the Loki series, but I do think that there's going to be a conflict of interests that comes up at some point. So yeah, that's my take on Loki's character development in the very first episode of the Loki TV show. I feel like there's a lot more stuff that I could have covered, but I guess I'll leave that for another episode because I really wanted to focus on the point A and the point B of Loki's character and how he gets between them. But if you have any other takes or questions or want to hear my opinion on something else, do feel free to get in contact. You can find me at Loki Podcast on Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram, or you can email me at thelokipodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.